Hey, I'm Karen Cubides, a music-obsessed entrepreneur and educator who calls Music City home. My career started in Boston, where I found my real passion, working behind the scenes in the music industry. I've had the honor of working with elite performers and educators. Consider this your go-to guide for all things healthy, wealthy, and wise. So, get comfy, because we're about to uncover some surefire ways to transform not only your career, but also your life. This is the Musician's Guide Podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Musician's Guide Podcast. My name is Karen Cubitas, and I am your host. I am here for a solo episode, and I just want to have a conversation today about the Enneagram. I am about four weeks out from being done done with my certification, and I literally cannot wait, um, not just to be done, but also to be able to... I don't know, like launch and think more about how I want to work with the Enneagram and, and what extra stuff could be of value to our music community. So I, I feel like it's going to be one of those things of like hurry up and wait or almost like a recital anticipation where I'm just like, I want to know that I can do this from start to finish without, you know, feeling like I'm missing something. That That's the kind of energy um, that I have today. But I feel like, you know, with some of the stuff that we've shared and just how, you know, the Enneagram has become more cosmopolitan. What I mean by that is, you know, we have tons of memes. We have these really large accounts kind of talking about the Enneagram. Um, I've started seeing it circulate a little bit more on musicians feed. So it's becoming something that is on people's radar a little bit more. It's kind of how we went through a moment with the Myers-Briggs and everybody or probably still does in their, you know, like dating profiles or, you know, bios on Instagram or Facebook or whatever have their, you know, their INFJ or ENFJ or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like it's the same with the Enneagram. Like we're starting to see that be a part of people's identity. Um, and for those of you that don't live in Nashville, um, it's such a thing in Nashville. And, and it's kind of funny to me that people will actually just go up to you and ask you about your Enneagram number. <laughs> like you'll meet someone and like, that's so nice to meet you. What do you do? I do this. Great. What do you do? I do this. That's so awesome. Oh, you know, this person that's great. What's your Enneagram number? <laughs> it's just like, Oh, okay. Um, so it's really, really fascinating. So I just wanted to record like a solo quick episode here on some tips, uh, some do's and don'ts with the Enneagram. Um, and if you're not familiar at all with the Enneagram, and this is brand new information for you, the Enneagram is a typing system that gauges your motivations as an individual. And it also focuses on what are some ways for you to improve and grow as a person and what are some, you know, items like language or best practices that are best for you in order to uh, just know yourself better. So it's essentially like a know thyself system, basically. Um, there's nine different numbers, uh, hence nine different ways to see the world, nine different ways to feel love, nine different ways to feel shame. Um, and you are that same number your whole life. Um, and that's been incredibly transformative in my personal life. It's been really transformative in the lives of my clients. Um, and I've been studying this particular modality for the last six years. Um, and I've been in the process of getting certified for now, it feels like a hundred years, but it's only been about two and a half years. So this is like my master's degree that I never got, um, is on the Enneagram. So, I wanted to start off with what not to do because I feel like we don't understand the severity and the gravitas of this tool. Um, to me, not to get woo woo, but it's, it's a very spiritual, um, I used to reference it as like Pandora's box. You can't unsee it. You can't close it. You're just in it kind of vibe. And, um, it's, 
the way that I learned about the Enneagram, if you go to previous Enneagram episodes, it was weaponized against me. And it was something that toxic former girlfriends were like, oh my gosh, you're such an eight. Read about this. And it went line item by line item, like psychopath, crazy, angry, steamrolls through people, like all of these things. And I was like, oh my gosh, like my best friends see me like a freaking monster. Like I could be a serial killer. Like what does this mean? Um, So the weaponizing part. So the first thing is do not weaponize your knowledge of the Enneagram to dismiss or ridicule anybody else. Uh, and I have to catch myself being like, oh my gosh, that was like such three behavior or this person's such a one. It's like, no, 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 let's not do that. Um, because this is a, a real sacred tool and, and we're, you know, we're really seeing someone's diary and their inner workings. And obviously you're, we're not typing all of humanity in nine numbers, but there's just a lot of really personal, intimate, vulnerable tendencies that people might not even be aware that they have. Um, if you take a Enneagram three, for example, they're the achiever. This type structure, um, is really focused on achieving, excelling, and it's not for their own gain necessarily. It's for the greater good. It's to be recognized, to be admired, to be praised. Um, and they, they do have a a really big part of them that really cares what other people think about them. So, you know, if you meet a three or if you're in conversation with a three and, you know, you're kind of pointing out about, oh, I don't know, I don't know why you care about what other people think about you. Like that's not helpful. And, and that really strikes a nerve for that particular number and it not, it might not for yours. So I think just approaching this from a place of empathy and compassion um, and, and making sure that we're really careful with our words and how we use the Enneagram and kind of bring it into, you know, colloquial conversation. The next point is don't tell someone what they are. Like even in, in my own program as a future Enneagram coach and somebody that is currently doing typing interviews at the end of those interviews, when I'm asking people different questions and I'm trying to help them get to a place where they might know what their number is. I don't say, okay, well, based on what you said, you're probably an Enneagram nine. It's like, no, it's like, well, based on what you said in this situation where, you know, you sometimes bury your head in the sand and you're not feeling, you know, super confident or know what to do in moments of stress that has some nine behavior, but you know, you're also like really interested and excited about reaching your goals and, you know, really doing good in your community. So that also has a little bit of three in there. So I would check out Enneagram nine. I would check out Enneagram three. Um, and you know, you really talked about how safety and security was really important to you and, um, how you really cared about your family and everyone's well being, And you were like ready to go for this pandemic because you really took it seriously early on. There's a little bit of six behavior in there. Um, so you could probably be a nine, a three or a six. I would recommend you explore those numbers a little bit more. Um, that is what a typing interview looks like, um, from a professional. So you can't have, you know, Joe Schmo at dinner and be like, wow, you're such a seven. Look at you ordering two desserts, you know, like that's shitty. <laughs> so don't do that. Um, and we don't want to tell people what their type are because we can't really ever tell anybody's motivation. Only you, the individual know what your inherent and intrinsic motivations are as a human. Nobody else can. Um, you can present yourself a certain way. You can show up a certain way, but only you know that. And even myself as, as a coach who's getting trained on this system. Also, I read people for a living. I'm a coach. Like there's so many elements of that. I also can't gauge what someone's actual motivations are. And I'm a trained professional. So I just want to encourage you, um, to focus on your own number and focus on how your number interacts with other numbers. Where are some areas of growth? Where are some areas, um, 
that are going really well and, and keep it more you focused. The next point is don't use your type structure as an excuse for bad behavior or to, I don't know, justify your resistance to growth because it's not who you are. It's a part of you. So when I talk about the Enneagram with my clients, I talk about, I am not an Enneagram eight. I lead with an eight. So tendencies of the type eight structure are available to me, but it is not my entire identity. And that is why if you study the Enneagram a little bit more, you see that each number, so let's take eight, for example, there's a healthy version of the eight, there's an average version of the eight, and there's an unhealthy version of the eight. And you oscillate between all of them. I can wake up today and have an amazing morning and show up as a healthy Enneagram eight. I could have a conflict with my husband at breakfast and show up as an average or unhealthy eight. And then I can make up in the evening and show up as a healthy eight. So this isn't an either or, this is a wide spectrum. And this is why I love this for musicians and for all humans, but especially musicians, because this is what you actually have. Like, this is you, this is who you are. We're approaching life and the world from a place of enoughness. And I think that it's so easy for us to put ourselves in a box and I don't think we should. So making sure that, you know, you're not taking on your Enneagram as your full identity and, you know, it's available to an eight to, you know, be larger than life and also steamroll through people. So, you know what, I'm just going to put on this thing, but then I'm not going to let anybody have an opinion about it because I'm just an eight. It's like, no, that that's not how it works. The next point is don't use the knowledge of someone's Enneagram type to manipulate or exploit them. Like, do not. Um, What I mean by that is if you look at, let's say, an Enneagram 2, if you know nothing about the Enneagram, Enneagram 2s are called the helpers. So one could infer that Enneagram 2s like to help people. While that is accurate, that is not the entirety of that particular personality style or human that might possess some of those qualities. So it's really easy to be like, well, I mean, my sister leads with a two. It's like, well, she just really likes to help people. Maybe she wants to do everything. Let me just dump all this stuff on her. She's probably not going to say no because she wants to, you know, feel loved through helping people. So here, Jen, do all this crap. No, that, that is not how it works. And back to, we don't actually know people's motivations. We don't, we can't fully see them in the way as they could see themselves. So using this for manipulation or to take advantage of something, it goes back to rule number one of do not weaponize your knowledge of the Enneagram. And then the final point, and I think one of the most important ones is to not confuse information with transformation. And this is hashtag therapy one-on-one. This is a hashtag coaching one-on-one where just because you know what's available to you, you think you know thyself, it doesn't mean that you're actually growing. And I came to this conclusion when I've had a couple clients uh, say, okay, great, I know all of this about me. So what? Now what? What does this mean? What do I do with this information? Like, and you know, in unhealthy conversations, like, yeah, okay, I'm a piece of shit, now what? It's like, well, no, that's not the point. Just because you know about it doesn't mean that you know what to do with it. And this goes back to something that I feel like I've been yelling from the mountaintops recently on social is that personal experience does not equal expertise. And just because you're reading these beautiful quote cards or you follow a lot of Enneagram accounts doesn't mean that you understand the information and or doesn't mean that you're applying the information. So I just want us to take some inventory on how we can better show up, how we can use this for actual transformation and understand that you don't have to do it 
like I do it or how you see people on Instagram do it. Like this can be as simple as like, wow, okay. I need to explore my childhood a little bit more in therapy. Thank you, Enneagram. Put it away. Go to therapy. Do some of that work. Maybe come back to it a couple years later. Like, oh, wow, I am really struggling with my leadership. I feel like people aren't really understanding me. Let me go back and see. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not using my voice or I'm not communicating properly or I'm not. Okay, great. Take it back to therapy. Take it back to a coach. Like this is a forever thing. This isn't like we've just arrived and now we know or um, this isn't, you know, we're not going to logic our way into growth and transformation. So I just wanted to share that and and encourage you. Like, yes, I also have fun with the Enneagram. I also follow that account, Enneagram and Coffee. And I'm like, this is how Enneagram's eight vacation, or this is how three's vacation or whatever. And I laugh about it and I love it. And I think it's amazing. Um, But I also want to, you know, just kind of share and, and I don't know, impart some awareness that I've had to remind myself, I've been reminded of, and I've been heavily working on these last few years about, you have to do something with the information. It's not enough to just know some of these tendencies. It's not enough to know how you work in relationships. It's not enough to know, you know, just what we're seeing. It's it's important to decide for yourself, what is this tool doing for me right now? What am I using it for? And I think that having that clarity um, is going to make a big difference. And there's just something so beautiful with the Enneagram about being seen about you being able to see yourself, you being able to communicate with other folks, what you need, how you actually see yourself. There's a lot of room for vulnerability. There's a lot of room for surrender. Um, There's a lot of room for, you know, coming closer. Like Brene talks about removing that armor. Brene Brown, sorry. I talk like I know her and we're besties. We basically are. She just doesn't know it. Um, You remove that body armor and you can get closer to people. You get to be vulnerable. Um, Like I've shared here on the podcast, I recently got diagnosed as an HSP, which stands for a highly sensitive person, which essentially means that I have a reactive nervous system and I have a a deep appreciation for things. And that can make me emotional. That can make me overly stimulated. That can make me, um, you know, just not what I thought or how I saw myself. And that coupled with leading with an Enneagram eight, which is historically a very loud, open, direct, powerful, avoids vulnerability at all costs type of number like that's available to me. Um, It's been literally the clashing of two sides of me that I didn't even know were there. And that has been such a beautiful tool to allow me to see that I'm not just this powerful, has everything together, doesn't cry person, but I am powerful And I also have deep feelings. Like this morning, I went on a walk with my dogs and my husband, and I saw a dog that was blind. Um, And I just like shed a tear for this dog. And the dog was happy. His owner was happy. We had a great conversation. My dogs and this dog get along. But I just felt like really emotional about it. Um, The same when I go to an orchestra concert. And as I'm healing my relationship with music, I get to see that I could do this, and I'm in the space, and I'm in this industry, and I'm doing great work. And I'm also really emotional by this piece, or I also have this nostalgia over my time at Interlochen or whatever. And it's not so black and white anymore. So I just want to encourage all of us humans and especially creatives and especially musicians to just consider this tool for some personal growth and transformation and not just stop at the memes, not just stop at reading, you know, the two or three books that I talk about, but continuing to further that conversation and talk to the experts, vet your people, question the source, question what you're looking, looking at, 
don't just take it at face value um, and and be and, and really protect this. It is really a sacred practice. And yeah, eventually I will be sharing. I don't know that I'll be sharing memes. It doesn't feel right right now, but you know, I might be sharing some ways to make it more accessible. I might be sharing, you know, more ways uh, to kind of see yourself, especially as a musician. I've been doing this two year case study on how I think particular numbers uh, are directly affected with how people's careers kind of go. Like I do think that there's certain type numbers that are not suited to be freelancers and not because they don't have the skill set, but because that's not their favorite way of existing in the world. Like they value safety and security so much more. There's other types that have no problem not knowing where their next paycheck comes, or there's types that really need the structure of an orchestra or a military band or a wind band and not so much, you know, the variety of music or, you know, like there's just so many different areas and this will probably be like a five or 10 year case study, but I'm going to be sharing some more about that, especially once I'm certified. Um, and I feel, uh, like I can, be an authority on the subject. So anyway, just wanted to share some of those thoughts. Um, keep using it for good. Keep reading about it. Always feel free to ask me questions. I'm happy to share. Um, and thanks again for, for all of your support. Um, stay tuned. We will be having lots of fun stuff in the Patreon. So if you want to join us, feel free to join our community. Um, and thanks again for just the encouragement. And every time I release one of these episodes, I just get so much awesome love on, on the DM. So I appreciate y'all and stay tuned for some more magic on the podcast. <laughs>